Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is the producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, Happy New Year's, young man. We are in a new decade, 2020. I am looking forward to some great GHSA basketball. Uh, it was a it was a heck of a decade. Uh, this past decade got to cover cover it. For, you know, played in the the beginning of the decade, 2010, when I graduated. So finished up my career as a player. Then midway through about 2015, transitioned into the media side of things, and uh, now here we are. But Ramin, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Carl. Happy New Year. I was thinking of a little New Year different us joke, but no, I guess it would be New Year, same Sandy Spiel, same coverage you've come to expect here in 2020 in the new year and in the new decade. So with that being said, we'll jump right into it. Um, we're going to switch it up a bit, start with the girls this time, 7A. Uh, we're still in the holiday break, have all these, I guess region play starts back up here soon, but... Region tournament, or excuse me, holiday tournaments, Christmas tournaments, in-state, out-of-state, all the best teams in the rankings participated in some form or another. In 7A on the girls' side, Tift County jumps into the ranking at number 7 after a 2-0 and showing at the Classic City Clash, Kyle. Yeah, so Tift County, they came uh, out of, uh, I guess you could kind of say out of nowhere. They weren't really on my radar. I know Julie Connor, a very good coach. Uh, but they were 13 and 14 last year. I think they might have been. I think they might have been young last year. I forget what you know what really all curtailed last year. But if it wasn't youth, it might have been a little bit of inexperience. But Tiff County girls uh, traditionally have been a pretty solid program. Not quite at the level that the boys have been in past years, but uh, a good program nonetheless. But uh, sitting at eight and four, they crack the poll right before uh, the new year. Uh, at number seven, and how did we get to number seven? I mean, they had a really good showing, like you said. Um, beat Woodstock 67-59, to 59, um, and that dropped Woodstock to number eight. So there's a top ten win right there. And then they follow up. They take care of business against Class 3A number three, Jefferson, 53-48. to 48. So, I mean, those are two wins against uh, pretty good ranked teams. I know Woodstock, you know, Bridget Upberg is one of the best guards uh, sophomore guards in the entire state uh, so that's you know you're playing against some high level competition right there that's a really good win and then Jefferson uh, with all those juniors and sophomores I know they got a couple girls hurt uh, but should be coming back hopefully soon um, but that's you know that's a that's a win against a really good athletic team that you know wins a lot of the games as well so they're 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 peaking at the right time I know it's really early you don't want to peak before Christmas but let's just say they're they're heading in the right direction and you know, eight and four, they're only four losses. You know, they lost in overtime to start the season to Glen Academy, 43-41, who we have in the top five in Class 6A. Uh, lost at Valdosta, who's number three in Class 6A, 57-51 at Valdosta. Uh, lost at home to Valdosta, 52-44. Then they lost 52-46 to McGill, Tulin out of Alabama, who's 15-2. and two. So with that being said, uh, Tiff County, they have no bad losses. They just scored two really good wins. And now coming up on Friday, they play Lowndes, who's 10-3. and three, And that's going to be a really big uh, Region 1 showdown. But Tiff County definitely heading in the right direction right now in Class 7A. 
Kylan class 5A on the girls' side. Kel, they are 14-0, and 0, um, undefeated on the season thus far, sitting at number 2 just behind Buford. Can they run the table and take it all the way? It is, uh, you know, they're, they're a young team. I would say they're a little bit ahead of schedule, but people that know that travel circuit, they have all those girls playing with that Celtics programs. Um, so to no surprise to them, uh, they're doing this well. Crystal Henderson, who was just named the MVP of that, the uh, you know the Pope Pounds uh, Hounds Hoops Holiday Classic. Uh, they just won that Pope tournament, so they're up to 15 and 0 now. Um, so Crystal Henderson and Kai Williams, a senior, uh, that's two very strong guards. But you know Henderson, just like her brother, uh, I've been hearing that she has some phenom traits to her. Uh, and when you're a freshman, you took put the team on your back. And all of a sudden, you go from a middling 500-ish team to now 15 and 0. That's a that's a big deal. Now they're six and 0 in Region Seven play. Um, I had a great non-region win against North Cobb earlier in the season, but then they beat Villarica. They beat Carrollton. Carrollton, of course, best player one or if not their best player, one of their best players tore their ACL uh, in a scrimmage. So Carrollton not at full strength this year, but still a very tough team. Um, but Cal, can they run the table? It's possible. It's possible that they could at least run the table uh, in Region 7 play now. Villarica, like we said, uh, the only other undefeated in the region uh, team right now. So Rome, uh, who we have sitting there in the top 10. Uh, we got Rome worse. Rome, uh, we got Rome number 5 currently. Um, so that's a, that's, a, that's a loaded region that has has had four teams ranked. Now Carrollton just dropped out. But um, can they run the table? It's possible, but I think... Uh, these older teams and coaches, you know, now they have even more and more game film on Henderson. They might be able to give them a game. I think Kel currently, as constituted, they are in the driver's seat. Um, but as far as running the table and winning a state championship, um, unless Buford gets disqualified or moves out of the classification in the middle of the season, I do not see that happening. Buford is definitely still the team to beat. But Kel has been very, very good. And outside of Buford, they're the best team in that classification. In Class 4A, Kyle, a relatively stable ranking from Week 6 to Week 7. The only change, America's Sumter jumps up a spot to number 3. Woodward Academy drops down from 3 to 4 here. America's Sumter, um, they are 11-0 undefeated thus far, but they are taking a little bit of time to gain ground on number 1 Carver-Columbus, a 3-loss Carver-Columbus, Kyle. Do you see America's Sumter overtaking Carver-Columbus? Um... It's possible. Now, they had some tranches that came in and uh, have really helped out that team. Uh, Trinity Jones coming in um, from Fitzgerald, that was a, uh, a big move, and she was a preseason All-State pick down in a Class 2A. She's averaging 14, just just under 15 points per game, You know, four rebounds, seven assists, three steals. Um, so doing, doing very, very well. Um, but it's a senior, uh, Jaleesa Reese. Averaging just under 22 points a game, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 5 steals, and block. She's going to Troy, and that has formed a really dynamic duo. Um, with that being said, Carver, uh, Carver's like 10-3 and three right now. America Sumter, uh, since the rankings have come out, they've picked up another win at 12-0. and 0. Um, America Sumter, they haven't quite played the teams that Carver has played. Now, they had a really good win against Harrison way way earlier in the season um and they beat harrison 64 to 39 and harrison in class 6a is ranked five currently so that's a really good win uh, but other than that like 
Carver's played much better teams. Carver lost to St. Francis by six points to open the year. A kind of weird, bad loss to McEachern, who's currently unranked in Class 7A, but, you know, McEachern's still dangerous, but lost 66-61, then lost 76-41 to Westlake, who's one of the best teams in the entire nation. Um, I know Olivia Cochran looks like she's been in a boot, might have missed some time throughout the season, it sounds like. Uh, but once she's back healthy, which I think she's back playing now, if I'm not mistaken, um, Carver's still the team to beat. And now I think America Sumter can certainly play with them. It sounds like they, they have some good guard play to give them a run. But uh, it's one of those deals where until you do beat Carver, I'm going to pick Carver to win. So that's why I think Carver's still ahead of America Sumter. But America Sumter, they're taking care of business. They're doing everything they're supposed to do. Everyone who's been lined up against them, they've handled their business. But I just want to see how they do against Carver, a team that can kind of throw out some big-name players against them. Down to 3A on the girls' side, Kyle. A couple of Region 7 teams creeping into the bottom of the rankings at 8 and uh, 9 here. How do you see Region 7 shaking out in 3A? Region 7 has been a revolving door of up and down. Uh, maybe not a revolving door, maybe more of a merry-go-round, but just to read off these Region uh, Region 7 out of Class 3A, right now we have Fannin County, who a little bit of a surprise heading into the year. Fannin County's at number 4, uh, GAC at number 5, um, then we're looking at Dawson County down to 8, and then Lumpke down to 10. And uh, out of all those teams, uh, Fannin County ranked number 4. Uh, they have a nice record at 10-3, but GAC just 5-9. and nine, But by far, hands down, probably out of the entire classification, uh, GAC's played the toughest schedule. Um, looking at their schedule on who they play so far this year, 5-9 and nine out of those nine losses, just to look quickly, have one, two. So their losses, Campbell, Buford, Trinity Christian, Holy Innocence, Hebron, uh, St. Pius, Wesleyan, Lumpkin County, uh, Brookwood. Everybody except Brookwood, their latest loss, 34-30, to 30, um, which is a 7A school. Outside of that, their eighth loss against top 10 teams. Uh, so they, they've played a very, very good schedule, and that's why I have them ranked high. And now once they play Fannin County, we'll, we'll see how they, they shape up again. So they play them um, on the 7th and then final game of the regular season. But I still think GAC is a team to beat just because they have the best player in the region with Kaylee Addy, who's averaging about 18 points per game. Uh, very good scoring guard, combo guard, a sophomore. Um, so they're going to be really tough, but it's going to be up and down. Like Dawson County, they're good, but they just they, – I don't they, they haven't strung together a three-game winning streak yet this year, which is hard to believe. They've had like three two-game winning streaks, but they just can't even get that third win in a row. So they'll, they'll win two, then lose one, or – Win one, lose one, then win two, lose one. You know how it goes. But they're sitting at nine and six. That's a team that is dangerous, but consistency of wins has been hard to come by. And it's been hard for anybody in that in that region, really kind of outside of maybe Fannin County, who's been good. And, you know, sitting there unranked, but was in the ranking at one point, 11 and four, North Hall. They just won the um, Lanier Land. Uh, they're two and two in the region, but that's another team that's on a six-game winning streak. Um so, you know, just looking at it, there's four or five teams that are worthy of being in the top ten, and it's a shame that 
you know, at least one of these teams is going to get left out in the cold because they could do some damage in the state tournament. But um, Region Seven, it's a it's a gauntlet right now, and whoever whoever gets out of there alive is going to be battle tested and is going to have a a good opportunity to at least make it to the Elite Eight. I would imagine. In a private Kyle, still on the ladies' side, Green Force is the biggest. Uh, they made the biggest jump, surging from number ten to number six. And we kind of mentioned this earlier, maybe brushed by it earlier. They defeated Class Four A number four's Woodward Academy, sixty-three to fifty-seven. Yeah, like you just mentioned, uh, Green Force, another team, uh, much like GAC, when we say they're playing a, a good schedule. At a Green Force record right now, which we have them ranked, what we say, number six? I want to say. What's Green Force, right? We have yes, Green Force. Six. Yep, number six right now. Currently 10-4. and four. Before I read off their last two wins like you just did, um, they're only four losses. By 13 at Wesleyan, who obviously Wesleyan, number four in Class A Private. They lost by two at Elka. Elka's uh, climbed back into the pole at number eight. Uh, they lost to Campbell, who is a 7A school, who is currently... Uh, looks like they are sitting there at number five in the state. Uh, they lost to Campbell by eight points. And then they only lost by five at Holy Innocence, who Holy Innocence defending state champions ranked number three in Class A Private. So another team that has only good losses and not no blowouts out of any of those. They've won eight straight games. Like you just mentioned, their latest games uh, that they've taken care of business in. Uh, when you beat a team um, like Woodward Academy, who's number four in Class 4A, 60th. 63 to 57 and then you beat Galloway uh, Galloway who is uh, currently ranked number seven um, they are doing very very well and uh, they're doing it because they always have some length they always have some size six foot three junior these are gonna be names that I'm gonna butcher I'm gonna say it right now Laura Maputu had 23 points against Woodward um, she's averaging just under 14 points per game Mariam Diouf. 14 points per game leading the team. And then uh, third leading scorer, Aniza Joyasifa, uh, just under 11 points per game. So they always have great length. Uh, they got players that come in and out of that school, just like on the boys' program. Um, but Green Force, they're a dark horse in Class A Private. It's going to be tough. I, I will never pick against the top four. I think the, the final four is set right now, just depending on seeding it unless something crazy happens. But right now, St. Francis, Hebron, Christian, Holy Innocence, and Wesleyan, I think all four teams will make the final four. Um, but Green Force, if anybody could throw a monkey wrench into those plans, I think it could be Green Force. That'll do it for the girls' side, Kyle. Let's slip it over to the boys' side. Uh, start off at 7 a. Is there a changing of the guard, the historically premier Region 2, the gauntlet of Region 2? Now we have Region 8 that's showing out with four teams in the top 10. I would have to think so, Ramin. Um, to be honest, didn't necessarily see it coming. I knew Grayson was going to be very good. I had them preseason number one. Um, Shiloh did not did not know Caleb Golden, I believe his name, and transferred in from, I want to say, Texas. Did not have him on my transfer list and uh, that's a that's a big issue because he's been a big time difference maker um, so you're looking at it just right now I'll read off the rankings Grayson number one Shiloh number two undefeated Shiloh 
who they play tomorrow on Friday as we record at 9.25 p.m. on Thursday. I will be there at number one versus number two, Shiloh at Grayson. So number one, number two, you got number six, Newton, who got off to not a great start really, but they're playing extremely good basketball. Uh, They already have a win over Grayson, came back and beat them in overtime. Hit about 14 threes in that one. And then, of course, Archer, who just clawed their way back into the top 10 at 11-5, and five, uh, hasn't won a region game. Um, Archer, very, very tough team, just uh, very physically mature, big team, gets after it defensively, extremely balanced, have a lot of guys that can score the ball. Um, but is there a changing of the guard? Is Region 8 better than Region 2? Which Region 2, even though, they, I mean, Region 2, they had the individual prospects, but even looking at Region 2 last year, they didn't do very good in the state tournament considering how Westlake won the region, got beat by uh, Marietta in the first round. Um, but with that being said, you know, Pebblebrook, um, let's just look at the rankings real quick. You got Wheeler ranked number five right now. You got Pebblebrook ranked number nine. You got East Coweta ranked number seven. So it's still, it's definitely still a good region, but region eight, it's just been a different animal right now. Is there a changing of the guard? Region eight? Yes, I would say so. How long will the changing of the guard be? How long will region eight be the state's premier region? I'm not quite sure. There's a lot of seniors on all these rosters. You're looking at Shiloh at Zoddy Jackson, who transferred in from South Gwinnett, who South Gwinnett was in Region 8. Um, but he's there. Anthony Canada has been good for them. James Little, another senior. Jaden Struthers has done some things. Uh, Caleb Golden transferring a senior. So they're all going to be gone. Grayson, we know Davon Smith's going to be gone. Caleb Murphy, Tanari Lane, the big, you know, the big three of Division One signings, they're all going to graduate. Um, Archer, another team, just laden with seniors, with C.J. Hines, Justin Edmondson, Arion Johnson, Brent Smith, um, you know, and, and then Newton with Caleb Bird, who transferred in. Sean Smith, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but a lot of these schools are losing a lot of seniors. So we'll see what happens next year, but definitely this year, Region 8, uh, that's the region you do not want to see in the first round or in any round of the Class 7A state playoffs. In Class 6A, Kyle, no one fell out of the rankings in Week 7, which means no one new can come into the rankings in Week 6, in Week 7, excuse me, but with a lot of teams... Um, taking a healthy portion of teams taking losses at these holiday tournaments who is knocking on the door and waiting in the wings ready to come up well there's a couple i'll give you one answer um coming out of region one to start with and then we got some region three talk coming up but valdosta 13 and one daryl lockhart our old friend daryl lockhart two-time state championship winning coach at Upson Lee, takes over the program. Valdosta just 12-15 and 15 last year, and all of a sudden, 13-1. and one. Um, Still kind of looking for that big signature, signature victory. Um, doing okay right now. Haven't played, like, the best. You know, lost to Cedar Shoals by only eight points, and Cedar Shoals has been very talented this year. Other than that, you know, it – it's been a couple, you know, not, nothing nothing that's going to really wow you as far as wins go. But that doesn't really matter as far as, you know, they're still taking care of business. 13-1, and got to get a couple more big wins to crack the top 10. Uh, but they're close, and to be a 13-1 and team 
first year, um, first time, you know, first year on the job at Valdosta. Uh, Coach Lockhart's really turned the program around already. Uh, they got a senior, Ricky Brown, has been very good, averaging 19 points per game. And they got another senior, Alton Floyd, uh, 13 points per game. So um, they're getting the job done. They're knocking on the door. Like I said, it's just that region is kind of down this year. I mean, coffee's still okay, but, you know, three straight losses, that kind of sinks them. Lee County's been sneaky good. I think Lee County might might be a favorite to win that region right now. They've been pretty uh, pretty consistent. Uh, it's going to be a dogfight. You know, Valdosta 13-1 right now. They could win their region or they could end up as a four seed. It's, it's just a, a region that has a lot of uh, – you know, tough teams that, you know, kind of mirror each other. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But Valdosta uh, has been good. But uh, going into Region 3, Region 3 has a lot of teams that want to get into the top 10. The only team we have currently is Evans, who's 10-2, and two, ranked number 8. Now, that's a team, Brazen James, Rashad King, who came in from, like, Alaska, Christian Chambers, a really talented guard who's been picking up some offers, and then Justin Mincy. That's a good, uh, a good, good nucleus, a good core right there. But just looking at Region 3 and what it looks like right now, you've got a, a three-team race currently, and uh, all three of them have have uh, no gripes of being in the top ten. Um, Evans has won seven straight games. You look at Heritage Conyers. They've won five games in a row. They're 12-3. and three. They're led by James White, averaging just under 23 points per game, and R.J. Nord, who's averaging 20 points per game. So that's been a dynamic duo that's transferred in there. Um, R.J. Nord coming in from Green Force. Uh, so they've been... They've been outstanding. They've been lights out. They've been, you know, really finding their groove, and that's a team that's, that's, that's getting hot right now. And again, they they have a couple decent wins. No, off the top of my head, no great wins. You know, they beat Long County, who was in the top ten in Class Three. Beat them eighty-two to sixty-eight. Pretty good win. Beat Baldwin by seven points. Uh, a solid win as well. And they beat Spencer. Um, solid wins. Um, so they're, they're, they're definitely a team that's continuing to build. Once they get into the meat of this region schedule, we'll really get to see how good they are. And then lastly, Grovetown, 12-2. and two. Uh, Zy Wright, 15 points per game. Zach Bell, 14 points. And Julius Brown, 11 points. So that's a, a three-man crew that's doing a bulk of the scoring. And we'll get to see uh, how they do because they have to travel to Evans on Friday. So the first domino to fall um, as far as Region 3 climbing to the top of the standings uh, we'll get to see what happens on Friday, but I think that's going to be a really fun race between those three teams. Kyle, in 4A, we are talking about a team that is not ranked. It seems like every single season we have one. There's always one that we have to talk about, and it always seems to boil down to the same issue, but I'll let you explain it this year. 4A, an undefeated 13-0 LaGrange is not in the rankings. How much longer can you keep them out of the rankings, Kyle? LaGrange, yes, 13-0 currently. Uh, I know we've said it once before on this podcast, uh, but we'll say it again, Ramin. Not all records are created equally. And I will say that, and I will have some statistical backing to back this, sir. Uh, So 13-0. Now, we're talking about signature wins that's a big thing resume builders that's that's a really big thing for me when it comes into rankings people always ask how do you do the rankings 
Uh, think of everything possible. That's how I do the rankings. Current trends. Uh, not, if I have enough knowledge to know who is hurt, if they've been missing players, um, just knowing the general history of the area, uh, usually having a pretty good idea about the t- level of talent on the rosters, uh, and then strength of schedule is a big, big deal. So 13-0, good record, uh, but when you dig a little bit deeper, um, it's not as pretty Um they're, they have only three wins against teams with winning records. Now, they beat Whitewater, a 5A school, 10-4. and four. Whitewater having a really good year. Beat them in double overtime, 72-67. to 67. So that, that's a pretty good win. Beat W.D. Muhammad most recently, uh, who we had in the top 10 for, uh, you know, a cup of coffee in Class A Private, which is, you know, W.D. Muhammad, another school that, you know, these small schools, they just they can't really schedule anybody. They just beat who's in front of them. But that's a, a team that... You know, just I, again, no signature wins really, but they beat them 61-54, 10 and three school. Um, so that was a good, good, decent, solid win over a Class A private school. And then they beat a two A school in Callaway, who's four and two, beat them 75-71. But I, I think Callaway will be pretty good in Class Two A. But again, that's Class Two A, and uh, Lagrange is a four A school. But those are their only three wins against teams with winning records and then i'm looking at region five you got cedar town who's actually playing pretty well this year you got sandy creek who's been uh, ranked number two pretty much all year long it feels like um that's a really good team that they got to get by um and then chapel hill who's been solid as well who's ranked number six but just going and looking at some of the teams they played, um, I'll do it right here. They beat Northside Columbus. They beat Northside twice. They're 1-11. They beat Pike County. They haven't won a game yet this year. Pike County's uh, traditionally very bad. Hampton, they beat Hampton. They're 3-13. and Harris County, 6-6. Six and six. Um, Not bad. Lamar County, 1-10. and Um... And that's, uh, you know, they played Lamar County twice. They played uh, Pike County twice. They played Northside twice. Um, so if you can kind of follow the bouncing ball here, uh, they beat Heard County. Heard County is a, a 1-12 team. Um, Forest Park, 3-13. Um, and 13. So they, they played nobody. Outside of those three games, they're not even playing really average teams. They're playing bad basketball teams. So is LaGrange worthy of the top ten? Not not yet. Not yet. Um, do I think LaGrange is a bad basketball team? No, it doesn't mean they're a bad basketball team, but that just means they've had one of the easiest schedules uh, you could find right now in Class 4A. Um, just even looking at the records, it's been really, really bad. Now, it'll get. Uh, we'll get to know a lot more about this team in the next two weeks. They got Central Carrollton, who's playing now at 9-4, so they got Central Carrollton, Cedartown, who I mentioned, they got Cartersville, who's traditionally pretty, pretty, pretty good in that region, even though they're they're down this year. They're at Troop, who's been struggling, but then they have Sandy Creek on the 11th, Chapel Hill on the 14th. So, when it, 12 days, I guess 13 days after the 12th day passes, uh, we can revisit Lagrange, and we will know if I am foolish for not having them ranked, or if we see that over this one, two, three, four, five, six-game stretch, if they only win three of them or two of them, or, you know, maybe they even pull out four of them. We'll really get to know 
um, where they are. So these are, this is a really big measuring stick next two weeks for LaGrange. So it's going to be really good for Coach Mark Fields' team to go out there and see what they're made of. They're winning the games they're supposed to win. You can't take anything away from them, but they're going to have a big-time step up in competition over the next two weeks. Kyle, we're taking it down to class um, four. I'm sorry, class three A now, and we are going to talk about Hart County. They are the only undefeated team in class three A, sitting at eleven and zero at the time of the rankings. Um, what do you see in this Hart County team? Yeah, um, excited to have Hart County uh, at the Sandy Spill Showcase on January eighteenth. At Lanier High School, MLK weekend. Uh, that is uh, going to be a really good matchup. I'm excited to see them play. We have them against Evans, who we talked about earlier. So talk about a really good matchup right there. But Hart County, they lost in the state championship last year. Maybe a small tad bit of a Cinderella run. I wouldn't really call it too much of one because they were a really good team. But they just they found ways to win games late in state playoffs. They made big shots. They made big plays. And they were rewarded with their runner-up uh, trophy. So they, they, they did really well. But 13-0 this year. And this is after they lost a ton of seniors. Rex McCord, Elijah Robinson, all these guys. Um, all these guys have since graduated. And what has been left over? Sean Webb, who I saw in the postseason last year, thought this kid could be something special. He's there thriving in his uh, junior season now. You got uh, Demetrius Glenn, who comes back over from, uh, I want to say it was Cedar Shoals, where he was at, comes back to his hometown of Hartwell. And then Taj Johnson, who I had not been able to see yet in person, kept missing him. Every time I tried to see Hart County play in the summer, he was not there. But the 6'7 freshman, I hear he is a special, special talent. So that nucleus right there has been carrying this team. And Demetrius Glenn, they re- he really gives Hart County um, – you know, a true pure shooter that maybe they didn't have as much of last year. I mean, they had guys that could knock down threes, but they were more of a junkyard, physical, you know, undersized, scrappy team that just would get after it with their guard play. But now they have a guy that can really knock down some shots and has some polish to his game. And you got other youngsters that are going to get some big minutes in J.C. Curry. Uh, you know, so this is, a, this is a team that's playing extremely well. Am I surprised at 13-0? To be honest with you, I am a little bit surprised. I didn't, you know, I didn't think they were going to fall off a cliff. But to be 13 and 0 and really just drilling the teams they're playing, um, very impressive thus far. But again, like we say, they haven't played the super strongest competition. It's been a, a mediocre schedule so far. Their best win they beat Monroe area by 21 points in Monroe, so that was a, a pretty solid win. Um, but they're going to get into the the meat and potatoes coming up. They got Jefferson. Uh, they got Franklin County this week coming up. So they got some really good matchups, and we'll know, uh, especially after that Franklin County game, what we really have with Hart County. But I think they're going to be here to stay. Um, they might not go undefeated in the region, but they're going to be a team that's really in the discussion for a number one or a number two seed coming out of Region 8. Kyle, finally down to Class 2A on the boys' side. An interesting storyline that's brewing as we get closer into the second half of region play and we start thinking about the march um, to Macon. Region 4 versus Region 2. Both have a uh, handful of teams in the top 10, both looking as deep regions. 
each kind of pitting these teams against each other and kind of killing each other's records, and they look to match up in the first round of the state tournament. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. That CSRA region, and then uh, you know that if you want to call it the middle of nowhere region with Jeff Davis, Vidalia, Swainsboro, um, those are going to be really good matchups. Uh, and it's you know it's going to be up and down. We don't know. Like Glen Hills, you know we got Glen Hills number four in class uh, what class two A, and then region four region. Uh, we got them number four, Butler number five, Laney number seven, Hebsville number eight. That could be completely flipped. Like Jefferson County has been good so far this year. They're going to give uh, teams some trouble. Um, who else do we have in that region that's been playing well? Like they're all beating each other. So Jefferson County's eight and four. They're four and one in the region right now. Westside is much improved this year. Um, so, it, it, you know, this is one of those regions where we could get to February and you could have a team that – finishes number one or number two uh, seed and then get bounced in the first round of the uh, region tournament and not even be able to get into the state tournament. That's that's what this region is like. And then, you know, looking at that, that Jeff Davis region uh, you were mentioning, uh, that's another one. It's going back and forth, back and forth. Swainsboro's riding a seven-game winning streak. I still think Swainsboro right now should be the best team in that one. Uh, they're ranked number two. Jeff Davis ranked number six. Vidalia ranked number nine. Uh, but don't sleep on Woodville Tompkins. They're seven and seven. They played a, a pretty good schedule so far. They're trying to put it all together. But Woodville Tompkins, Lenny Williams, he's had a, you know, he's had some teams' numbers. Um, he has a spell over Vidalia. Vidalia just hasn't found a way to beat them yet. So once they're at full strength, which I believe they're 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 striving towards, or they're they're moving in that direction. Uh, they'll be tough, especially in Class 2A. But um, one one region in Class 2A, which is the antithesis of uh, Region uh, 2 and Region 4, uh, that would be Region 8. That would be Region 8. And that is where Banks County uh, is from. And I've long been a fan of Banks County, but I always felt kind of, you know, it was always tough to put them in the, the upper, upper echelon of everything. And let me read you an excerpt about Banks County, and let me see if I can pull it up in the, the right the right post here. Week 5, Ramin, we talked about how, how weak that region kind of is. That's when Banks County peaked at number 3 in Class 2A at 7-0. And I wrote about it, and I've been, you know, catching a little heat on Facebook. Where is Banks County? Where is Banks County? Here it is. This is what I wrote, uh, looks like two weeks ago or so. This is on December 16th, so uh, maybe a little over two weeks. But to Banks County, Region 8 is shaping up to be the polar opposite of Region 2. However, as one of the weakest regions in the classification, the Leopards are a heavy favorite to run the table. And if they don't, a harsh drop in the poll could befall them. And what has since happened since that story uh since i wrote about that well banks County they lost and they lost home to lumpkin county who is only six and ten i know lumpkin county is a little bit bigger of a school at class 3a that's not a big deal they got beat 85 to 67 by lumpkin county and that sent them out of the top 10 and now they just played buford buford's been getting much better but they got thumped again 61 to 43 so where do we stand with this Banks County, 12-2, and two. but my goodness, Region 8 
It used to be really strong with Elbert County. Elbert County is not Elbert County any anymore this year. Region 8 is terrible this year. Region 8, combined record 31 and 60. We have Oglethorpe County at 3 and 11, Putnam County at 2 and 10, Monticello at 3 and 10, Raven County at 3 and 10, Union County at 6 and 7, Elbert County at 4 and 8. Social Circle, the second best team, uh, is 10 and 4. If you took out Social Circle's 10 and 4 record, Oh my goodness, it's it's already a mess. Even with that 10 and 4 record, they're almost 30 games under 500. So yes, Banks County, they have to win out. They have to win. If they lose a single game in this region, that is bad, bad, bad news. And with that being said, like I mentioned, if they if they took a loss because even with that Lumpkin County game and outside of the Buford game, the Buford game's not a big deal to me, but that Lumpkin County game was a big deal to me. Uh, they're favored. From now on, they are favored in every single game. They would be favored by double digits in every single game. Uh, maybe Social Circle would be a, a single-digit game, but um, it's it's bad news right now as far as cracking into the top ten. Now, does that mean Banks County is bad? Again, no, it doesn't mean they're bad. I just don't think they're going to have enough of a resume to make it into the top ten again this year unless some crazy stuff happens. But again, Banks County is going to be a team that no one's going to want to play come the state playoffs. No one's going to want to come to Homer and see that sea of blue and just you know have Carl Cleveland score 45 points, 50 points on you. It's his last season. He's going to go out with a bang. We already know that. Um, so it's going to be you know it's going to be very tough uh, to win at Banks County in the state tournament. But you know as far as top 10 rankings go, I don't see them as a top 10 team. But Come uh, playoff time in the state tournament, uh, they're going to be a handful for some teams. And that will do it for us today, Kyle. Um, great way to kick off 2020. A lot of great basketball left in this year and this decade. And we covered some girls, covered some boys, hopefully the salient topics. As always, you can contact us on Twitter at KyleSandy355 or at SandySpiel. And, of course, the website, SandySpiel.com. We'd like to wish all of you a happy new year and thanks for following along in 2019 and hope you'll stick with us in 2020. On behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin signing off.